1: What's up, guys? It's Nikki Lachey, and you are listening to Beyond Borders with Rose Gold and
0: Kid Gravity. The views and opinions of this podcast are solely those of the host. And if you heard something you didn't like, Kid Gravity probably said it. Now I'ma pass the mic to my lovely wife. She's a fly MC and the light of my life. So the bust a rhyme without further ado. Take it away, Mary Sue.
1: Jesus Christ is my
0: nigga. He's the son of the original G. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me i'm sorry y'all gotta give it to me let the damn pride let the choir sing a little bit let the congregation say amen amen all right nigga let's do this Borders presents podcast to podcast. You know how they say the old little scripture in Psalms one eighteen chapter I think that's the chapter verse twenty-four. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Well, be glad, because today, Kid Gravity is going back to church. That's right, folks. The agnostic coon has decided to enter those hallowed halls, or hallowed, however you want to feel about it. I know the agnostics and the atheists are going to be mad at me, but hey, we're going to do this for the folk, black folk today. Because black folk, Trump said he wants churches open. So this was a nice little segue into the show that we're going to do today. We're going to talk about religion, because I have questions. And I was going to ask my mama to come on, but no, she's going to overpreach, and I don't want to be overpreached to. So I found the next best thing. I found somebody from Philly, and we all know Philly are a bunch of heathens. But she seems to be the diamond in the rough part of that city. So once again, we have Nikki G. And if you remember, Nikki G. was on our Dating Preference Show, which is on YouTube and all of the audio streaming platforms. So check that out after you check this out because I'm pretty sure she's gonna try to save me today. So Miss Nikki G, good afternoon and please introduce yourself once again to the audience.
1: Okay, good afternoon to you as well. I'm Nikki, I do motivational speaking, quotes, freestyles and poetry, trying to help people move into their purpose that God has for them. But I did wanna say this, Nikki with Beyond Borders representing as God's daughter to make effective decisions as we shift the focus Back to religion.
0: Correct. I'm just gonna mark I'm just gonna mark it C. Not not for the grade, but you know, usually on tests you just put C and you have a 75% chance of passing. So yeah. <laughs> we'll just do that. But yes, folks, that's right. Today, religion. One of the three things that black folks use to go through life. And that's religion, um, making sure they get home every night the way they left and depending on where you live hate white people but today's not about white people shout out to white people white people white people and them catholics they, they so want to go back to mass because they missed many a communion because china decided to act up but today like i said kid gravity has questions nikki g has offered her services to answer these questions and see if Maybe I'm on the right track or I need to get back on the track. So, Miss Nikki G, how do you think about religion? Let's begin.
1: Okay. So, like, religion is the end-all be-all. I'm a firm believer that God is the forefront of everything. I know a lot of people have it in their way. They don't believe in God. You know, if there is a God, why do we go through the things that we go through in life? Well... Sometimes God has a tendency to make us go through things in life so that we can actually not focus on the pain of it, but focus on the lesson we can learn as a result of it to come out a little bit better and a little bit stronger in how we assess different situations. Without religion, without God being at the forefront of everything that we do, how will we be able to even navigate this crazy thing called life? You know, I know a lot of times people get in their way like, "Mm, I'm not going to touch base on religion. I don't really know. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on with the pandemic, with, you know, a lot of illnesses going on sometimes things like this can actually transpire for Mm -hmm. us to put the emphasis back on finding ourselves spiritually and walking back into a specific way of life you know even if whether you believe in god whether you believe in allah really going back to try to get in a spiritual way like to really find out what it is about yourself that you have been looking for for so long and i feel like pin the pandemic things like this taking place like natural disasters is for us to take a step back and be like wait a minute let me reevaluate myself my situation so i can try to better understand why this is happening and what i can do to become a better person in the long run like to try to change myself mentally spiritually and emotionally
0: that's right what she said i'm gonna tell y'all though my little story i left the church in 05 Mm -hmm. and the baby done woke up jesus christ she always wakes up when i'm about to do a show I don't know why she does this, but whatever. Maybe it's the Lord's will. Who knows? Nah, that's blasphemous. I can't say that. I'm not gonna She could be the voice quit. of
1: reason. She could be the voice of reason. That could be why she woke up.
0: I don't know what she's saying. Oh, maybe she's talking in tongues. You never maybe, know. Maybe. Maybe. I, I figured you would agree with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyway, like I said, I left in 05. Why did I leave in 05? One of my mom's friends decided to say that they would not fellowship with a person that they knew was homosexual. Which I never got. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I understand that you say that homosexuality is a sin, but I mean I, it also says in the book, love thy neighbor.
1: Right. That which is true. Is weird. That it does. So
0: yeah, so in a way, that that was another reason why I left. There was I felt like Christians mostly, they're a bunch of Jesus Christ. Yes, baby. I think she wants to come out here, but I'm not bringing her out here because then I'll never get anything done. Yeah, good. But anyway, yes. So I th- to me, I think Christians are hypocrites. That's just me. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. Right. And for 15 years, that's how I felt. And outside of a couple of occurrences, I've not willingly gone inside a church.
2: Mm. And
0: my mama sometimes locks me out because I make jokes. Mm-hmm. But... Today, like I said, I have Nikki on and we're going to talk about the Bible because I have a couple, maybe like four or five areas that maybe she can touch on. And I have verses, folks. I got verses because, you know, you can't you can't have a a biblical discussion and not have verses because Christians get mad at you.
1: I did want to say something like I feel as though it's a sad experience to actually go through that, like to have people criticize you or someone in general, how your background is. From you wanting to continue to be a part of the church or to continue a specific ministry. I'm I'm a firm believer that love is love. Like you have the right to love whoever it is that you love, whether it be male, whether it be female. And stand firm in who you are and your truth with no judgment, knowing that despite anything, whoever you love, that God still sees you i don't like the fact when people do sit there and shun people away from continuing to be a part of the church or to have them thinking okay wow like i came here to to pray to worship and then i'm being judged because of who i love at the end of the day or my sexuality and it's not fair to me because that can really deter you from even continuing to not only have faith in god but to even try to walk on the spiritual journey like that's really disheartening to do that to somebody but i feel like there's different levels And as far as religion is concerned with, with Christians, with Baptists, it's different levels. Like I'm the type of person where if I know whether you are or not homosexual and you stand in your truth and you know who you are, I love it because you know who you are, God's validating who you are and you're standing firm in your belief like, okay, you may tell me I can't come to this church because of my sexuality but God says otherwise so I'm going to prove you wrong I'm not going to shun away from the church because the enemy wants for me not to continue on this spiritual journey not to continue coming in church so I can turn my back on getting blessings for me but when you when you know who you are when you know who you are and you're so strong in who you are that the thought of anybody trying to question your identity to try to question who you are gets shot down immediately because when they try to get you to shun away from going to the church, you're like, okay, watch what I do. Watch me still continue to come back. And it's never too late to come back, but I feel as though the only person that can judge, whether your, your, your sexuality or whoever you are or, or the lifestyle you live is God. And, and you nobody, I don't care who they are, what standing they have, you know their ranking, nobody can judge you. The way, the way that they think they can because only God is in control. And it's, it's very disheartening to hear, you know, about, you know, your experience like that. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but I feel like everyone has the right to love who they want to love, be who they want to be and stand in the truth and not have to worry about judgment. If people are going to judge them, you're doing something right. You're getting a rise out of people because that shows that you're that committed to trying to get back on track.
0: Appreciate that. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah, like I said, you know, yeah. i'm I'm agnostic so mm-hmm. I'm sure the high I believe in a higher power but I just mm-hmm. don't know who he is yet i'm right. sure I'll probably find him one day yeah but you know maybe it's not the christian god who knows who knows but it's funny that we brought up homosexuality first because mm-hmm. we know that's like the ultimate sin I guess besides murder and all that mm-hmm. but we know that there's a lot of Homosexuality in the church. Yeah. And a lot of it's not talked about. I mean, no, from, it's not. You know, the priest boys.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mr. Bishop Eddie Long. I mean, you could say God rest his own. I ain't gonna do that, because if he really did what he did, you know, I hope he burned. But, you know. I I can't judge, because, you know, in the book it says, thou shalt not judge, lest thee be judged. So I'm going to be quiet. mm mm-hmm. not Because that's not my place to do that. That's, that's between him and, and the person he serves. Yes. But homosexuality i'm I'm sure you're against it i could i'm assuming but actually
1: actually uh i am not because yeah because i'm not i feel like you know i have some people in my family that are you know Mm -hmm. that that doesn't make them love me that doesn't make me love them any less You know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. if anything i love them that much because they're in their truth like you know whether they may have felt the need to hide it when they were growing up they're out in the open with it now with them being older and i can't help but smile about it and love the fact that they no longer feel uncomfortable to hide the fact you know that they love the same gender as them like you know i'm not against it i'm a firm believer that you can stand in your truth, know who you are, but at the end of the day, whether you're on a spiritual journey towards God or any other spiritual being you believe in, you're living in your truth. You're not feeling obligated to hide who you are because other people are judging you or ostracizing you. If they can judge you, you're doing something right. But I'm uh uh-uh, no, I'm not against it. You know, I have um I have a few cousins that are like that, and I don't I don't judge them, I don't make insulting jokes about them i do not like for people like if someone makes a joke about that to me that's not funny because you you don't you haven't walked in someone's shoes for you to be able to understand how they're ostracized, their thought process, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, what they're having to go through. Every time you, they turn around, they're being judged. Well, something must be wrong with them because their sibling is not a homosexual, so something is wrong. No, nothing's wrong. They're just, you know, they love who they love, and, and they may move differently with different things, but I'm not going to love my family member or someone that may be my friend any less. I'm not gonna do that, I'm not gonna bash them, I'm not gonna make them feel less of a person. But some people may be against that, but if you have members in your family that are like that, and and you talk to them and it's no different, how can you be against someone that's living their truth, that is valuing and loving who they are every second of every day? Hmm. So no, I'm not against it at all. (coughs) Everyone has a right to love whoever they wanna love. Mm
0: -hmm. So you wouldn't be opposed to a gay couple in the sanctuary?
1: No. For what? They're there, they're there praising God just like I am. I'm gonna extend, you know, well wishes to them. I'm gonna talk to them. I'm not gonna make them feel like they're not welcome here. Because in in the house of the Lord and in church, everyone is welcome. No matter who you are. You know, if there if there is a couple that's like that in the church, they're there. They're there praising, they're there worshiping, they're there doing what they need to do for them. I'm not gonna sit up there and judge them, I'm not gonna make them feel uncomfortable. Why would you make somebody feel uncomfortable when they're the best thing they're trying to do is try to have their self be together, spiritually set on a specific path? Why would you, how could you do that to somebody? So, no. Mm-mm. I would never. I would never. I'm a, I'm, I like unity. Like, I don't like to sit up there and make people feel uncomfortable, especially in the church. Because a lot of people in the world, they get judged when they go places. And they may feel that the place where they would not get as much judgment, which they do sometimes, is in
0: the sanctuary. Unity, unity—that's <laughs> a unit. Yeah. You hear that, Christians? Mm-hmm. You judgmental. Su- I can't. It <laughs> Nikki's here. Not today. No, I, we're gonna respect. We're gonna respect the house yeah. of the Lord today. Yeah. It's Sunday. It's the Sabbath. It's the day of rest. Even though mm-hmm. people in this world have been resting for about two months, but we're not gonna go there today. <laughs> I, I got that show. I got that show coming up again too. Cause I gotta crack on some people. But we're gonna do that another day. So, homosexuality is okay, mm-hmm. depending on the person. We can't we can't do that as a broad stroke. I'm just saying because right. you know the Pope, he said he's not he's he's not against it, and you know Catholics went nuts. And I already talked about Bishop Eddie Long. Mm-hmm. So we're going to transition from homosexuality to promiscuity mm. in, in in the in the church. Lord have mercy! Shout out to <laughs> Jamal Bryant, you you lying. <laughs> I can't say the B word. I wasn't gonna say. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say the B. I was. A, you was could say the B
1: word. You're lying, no, brother. I was gonna say I brother. You say lying brother. He's not my brother. Well, he's somebody's brother.
0: What if he's an only child? Oh, that's true. Mm. Mm. I'm not playing the black games today. Not today. But no, I was. I brought him up because if you're not familiar with his story, I'm pretty sure you are because you move moving them circles. So I'm sure you're familiar with his story.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, I
0: am. But if you're not potential black, white, Hispanic, Asian aliens that will not date Nikki J because she has a preference, she, you heard that <laughs> on the, the date preference show. <laughs> Shameless plug. But he was pastoring a church, mm-hmm. and then decided to knock up a 17 year old, a 17 year old mm. girl, and have her kid, mm. and then lied to the pulpit when she came up and accused him mm. of fathering her kid. said it wasn't him and then when they said okay let's get the dna test and, and we'll put it to bed then he finally admitted it but they still accepted him back in the church
1: wow
0: now folk we know that would never happen right anywhere else we know catholics have shunned the single mother we know this we know that in hispanic culture They have some leeway, but most times that is shunned around because, again, Mm -hmm. that's Catholic culture. Right. Which most of the world is. Only us in the black Christian sector accept single motherhood
2: Mm.
0: and we accept promiscuity because they'll go back to the book and say people like Lot and Saul's wife and other people have been promiscuous and god rained down judgment and everything was cool so they have a standard nikki how you feel about that
1: i feel like that's not necessarily the case i think Mm. that with you know eddie long in particular and with the young lady as well as promiscuity in general a lot of times you know females may come to the church seeking solace they want to talk about their problems and if it's someone that's a bishop or a preacher that's in the church that has good intentions, that's not the issue. But if, if it's someone with, like, a lot of stuff that they have on the plan, oh, maybe if I can, uh, I know that she may be a little bit promiscuous, but I want to talk to her to try to see if I can get into her mind and let her know. Maybe if she tries to have relations with me, that could open up the door for her to probably have a segue into getting in closer with God. Like, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know what these people are promising these young ladies and then, It could be the promise of deliverance. It could be the promise of their sins being expunged as far as them being promiscuous in the past. Or or if you want to get closer to God, you know, do this or do that. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But I, I feel like when that does happen... The first thing that's being done is it's put shifting the blame on the female, making it seem like she's promiscuous, you know, she has a history of doing this. Even if she's someone that may have or may not have a history of being promiscuous or having relations with someone in the church with a high ranking. You know, they, they use that to their, sometimes certain people can use that to their advantage. Um, I believe single mothers, you know, coming into the church, they kind of look at it as a safe haven, especially with having their children involved in the church. But a lot of times with that, too, there comes that judgment. You know, they're judging the person that's promiscuous. They're judging the single the single mother that's coming to church. Well, she came in here. Maybe she's in here looking for a husband. Maybe she's in here to try to, you know, make peace or make right with this and that to compensate for the fact that she's stuck raising her child by herself. It's like a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So I, I don't think a lot of, you know, young ladies are willingly promiscuous I believe that certain stuff happens behind the scenes and they can be told or promised things in exchange for them doing this or doing that. And then when it's revealed in due time, the person that is responsible for that's like a high ranking in the church, may feel the need to shift the blame onto them because, oh, they have this, you know, this way about themselves. Everybody knows it. So they're going to believe they're going to believe me over them. And that's not always the
0: case at all. Hey, Christians, I got something for you. Matthew 7, 1 and 2. How do they say? Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? And Matthew 7, 5 says the same thing. And now, these are all English Standard Version. I don't know what y'all use. Y'all gonna yell at me later. I don't care. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Huh? Wait, what, why are you talking about logs? I'm just, I don't understand that.
1: I think they're like emphasizing the importance of laws, like knowing that there are specific rules, like things put into place for us. No, to no, be no, able... no.
0: He didn't say laws. He said log, like L-O-G. log. Yeah, hmm. like a tree trunk. I don't know why you would put a tree trunk in your eye, but that's just me. Right. Jesus. At least say an eye patch. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yes, we we we. It, it was funny that you brought up women in the church with kids and looking for a husband. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just funny that outside of the, I guess the hierarchy of the church, like us men, us black men have been leaving the church for like decades. Yeah, and it's only like women and children because, mm-hmm. and I've th- and I've talked to a lot of brothers and I feel the same way. I think it's a hustle, right? Because the cause yeah we'll sit there and we'll know the pastor's running game I, I don't want to use that terminology but I'm going to use that terminology <laughs> he's running game and we peep it and we see how he reacts with you women and then you know we all know those stories where the pastor comes over to congregate and then in a year the baby look like pastor but that's another <laughs> subject for another day so us men were like you know what we don't care about you or that pastor. Just don't bring it to my house. And if you do bring it to my house, to hell with you. And that pastor, you go stay over there. But now we see that the deacons are taking that position now. Because the pastor, he know he can't do that because then he don't get no money. But he can replace the deacons any day. And we're starting to see the deacons thinking that they're the pastor. And manipulating women. And it's, it's sad because we don't see this again in any other religion like that to those numbers now you could yell at me for saying that that's just how i feel she's trying to figure out a perfect (laughs) way to cuss me out
1: yeah i feel like that's not always the case Mm
2: -hmm. um
1: like, it is true, you know, when you look at it now, like, even statistically, there's not that many black males within the church. There are a few. Like, you'll see here and there, there'll be, like, married couples in the church, or there'll be couples, like, some. That's what a, I forgot to female, mention, yeah. too.
0: You'll see more married couples, but. You'll see dudes, more. No, nah, we not going no, to.
1: No, you don't really see them in, in there like that at Unless all. we hunting. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I've noticed that, too. Like, there's not that many, like, not just. Single men like men in general. They're there if you do see them. They're a lot older like they're people that are already married or they may be like they're they may be widows like you don't really see a lot of young youthful couples within the church like you're will they They're, they're um, one in few. There's not that many um, that kind of makes me wonder where they are like a lot of people, you know, they question like this is going on. I don't need to come to church. Or then it could be, too, like, there's youth in the church, but there's not that many youth. Like, you'll see, you know, maybe a little, a few babies, maybe some, like, children, a little bit of preteens, but you rarely see teenagers. You rarely see any college students there. They, like, have dwindled in number. I, I think that it may be due in part to, like, once people, even the males as well, once they're in and they get into a system of, like, they're going to church and they feel like, they made the choice Like i don't know if i still need to be coming here i don't know what this can really do for me i don't know if the, win- the um risks outweigh the benefits i don't really know if it's a place for me here and then what happens is they either they start start coming few in between or they just stop coming in general you know they they don't really see as well as their representation like they may feel okay i don't really see people that look like me you know the males may say i don't see people that look like me that are within my age group you know there's not really anyone that can relate to what i'm saying or understand what i'm going through because they're not they don't look like me they're not my age you know what i'm saying they're older so i understand they're older they may be wiser but what can they really tell me that's going to help me with my situation they're not the age i am now because they may be coming from a place of some understanding but they're not the same age i am so how can they really understand my situation and what i'm going through that's another reason why i think there's not that many there's not that many you know um males within the church unless they're married
0: Hmm. well i do know someone that's heavy in religion her and her husband and it seems that they fellowship more at home together wow than being in the confines of a building Mm
2: because
0: you know church is not the word of god is not supposed to be confined to a building it's supposed to be how you right talk to him in your life but yeah you know, I'm going to get too deep and then people going to start unsubscribing because it's like, he, he didn't turn. So I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay level. I'm going to stay okay. level. Okay. Last thing on the promiscuity tip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move on. Okay. You're a female, correct? Yes, I am. That's how you prefer, right? Shameless plug again, dating preference show. Great show. Go listen <laughs> to it. Now. The church girl. Mm-hmm. we've heard the story we've seen it play out on in the media the church is the church girl really what she's portrayed as or is that just a few examples blown up okay so
1: what's what's your take on a church girl because it, it's different for each person I
0: will say this now disclaimer mm-hmm. my mother's church is Amen. Amen. And I purposely bleep that because if I mention my mother's shirt, she's going to whoop my it. Mm. Use a Jewish word. So yeah, I, you don't so, wanna you don't
1: wanna upset your mama now. Nah, because
0: mm-hmm. she got she got the she, <laughs> she got the washing machine. They're, that jumps free. If she allows mm. me to take soap. So, so I, I, <laughs> I wanna get that. But when I was attending, I was part of the youth ministry. And frequently every, well, twice a year, once in the winter, once in the summer, we would go to a retreat. And a retreat, you know, was supposed to be one of them youth building retreats. But you know, you still have fun. And it seems every time I went, within the first 48 hours, a boy and a girl would get sent home for having SEX, in one of the cabins, <coughs> which is oh, funny wow. because right. you guys waited that long to just do it when you guys mm-hmm. live in the same city, mm-hmm. which is funny to me. But that's another segue somewhere else. But this has happened at least I've gone on four, so it happened three times.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we all know for the church girl who don't know, there's they're the ones that are heavy into God, but. They also say that they're, like, the, the prompt, promiscuous ones. But they keep it on low. But, you mm-hmm. know, Sister Johnson and them know. But they won't tell her mama because her mama heavy in the church and it would bring the out to the family. Mm-hmm. But now that's gone, and they'll be quick to call you out really quick in the church. Right. So that's how I view the church, girl.
1: I think, based on what you told me, I don't oh, know think...
0: Oh, and also, she's very judgmental. Forgot about that. Can't mention church mm. girl without being very judgmental. She okay. will quote you scripture. But then, <laughs> I can't say the rest because Nikki's here. If Rose here, <laughs> I might have said it. But I'm not going to say no more because we're going to keep this show clean because if I did put this up and there's an E next win and Rose sees it, I'm going to get yelled at. So I'm going to keep it clean today. So please, yes. I'm sorry, forgot you all.
1: No, that's fine. I think that the. It varies. Each church girl is different. So you may have the the church girl that's kind of like not quite put together, you Mm -hmm. know, but she's still learning along the way. Or you could have a church girl that is like that, you know, that is kind of on the promiscuous side, but each person is different. I think that's like a a broad term for someone within the church. I don't think that all girls, whether they're, you know, teenagers or college-based students or a little bit older or younger, are necessarily deemed as being promiscuous or being deemed as, you know, Having relations within the sanctuary, like each person is is a little bit different, and I think that too. With 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 way the way things are, especially now today, you know, you still see the youth in the church, but there's not that many, you know, with 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 the young ladies. But no, I'm I'm not, you know, team definition. That's a typical church girl, you know. My definition of a church girl is, regardless of age, somebody that comes in the church and has an open mindset, you know, an open mind to. You know, not be so emphasized on knowing this and knowing that and having all this information thrown at them, but having some type of interest in wanting to know more. But I don't think that all church girls are that way. Now they may be. Now once they're in the church or whatever, they have the they have the ability to use their free will to decide if they're going to want to be that way or if they want to continue going to church or make the decision to just to stop going altogether. But When I think of a church girl, that's what I think about. I don't think that it fits in for them to be, you know, having relations within the sanctuary or for them to be doing this or doing that behind closed doors. It's all about the decisions that they make. Now, there could be somebody that fits the category of that, that is a church girl that made the decision to be that way and do that in the sanctuary or have that mindset. But my definition of a church girl is someone that comes in there with a mindset and just having interest in wanting to know more just having an interest in knowing more and seeing more and being able to take it in you know not necessarily you know focusing on doing that but focusing on doing other things to try to draw them to have a better understanding and a better tr- better way of moving forward spiritually that's what I would say my definition
0: is of a church girl baby agrees with you <laughs> but that's okay and my wife decided to go in the kitchen and get something to eat oh this is gonna be fun hey baby you want to come fellowship? I think she told me no. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is fine. Whatever. She's in the background. She she is Sunday school, y'all. So hit, hit your tambourines for me one time. Turn to your neighbor and say neighbor. <laughs> I don't hear no neighbors. Oh, but if it was the pastor coming around, y'all would have said neighbor with the quickness. But it's okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk. Another big contention, and mm-hmm. Rose and I talked about this the other day, and she couldn't believe this: women preaching. Mm-hmm. She's Catholic, right? So, off top, she already says women aren't supposed to preach in the Catholic Church. Really? But I showed her an example of a woman up in Boston getting ordained as a minister, as a priest. So, and as I said before, the Pope has—he's more or less. Given his blessing on this, now we all know what the good book says about women preaching, depending on which version you read. So, are you familiar with First Timothy chapter two, verse
1: eleven through twelve? Let me pull it
0: up. Yeah.
1: You said Timothy, right?
0: Yeah, First Timothy, chapter two, verse eleven through twelve. Hold on one second. she's still fumbling for (laughs) it but i just said give me a second because i had to flip through my phone because i ain't got no bible in this house (laughs) but for those following along again all these verses i took were from the english standard version so it says a woman should learn in quietness and full submission i do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man she must be silent. Dude, when I read her that verse, Oh, wow. oh Lord, have, dude, she
1: She went off, huh? What'd she do?
0: She cussed me out in French, like I wrote mm. it. And then, I I, I prodded her again. Because I read her 17. And it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days," saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Prophecy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So, Yes, folk, God done told y'all, females, that y'all not supposed to preach, which is I, ironic because my grandmother, God rest her soul, went to a church and she had a female minister. She's a Methodist. So again, that's where I, I had the, 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 the hypocrisy came in for me that you were talking about women preaching and then the book says women can't preach, so mm. I'm gonna let Nikki read that and then formulate her response, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go tell my daughter to be quiet. <laughs> so just make sure you talk to the folk and and you know promote yourself.
1: You said Timothy one verse eleven, right? Yeah,
0: first Timothy, chapter two eleven through twelve. Did she find it? She's Say it still again looking. For me. Say it
1: again for me. So I can make sure I have it right.
0: What, the verse? Yeah. Okay. A woman shall. she said 1st Timothy. Yeah, chapter 2, verse 11 through 12. Okay. Says a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent.
1: Mm-hmm. Again,
0: English standard version. So I don't know which version Nikki's reading. Don't y'all get mad at me. <laughs> <coughs> Yes, yeah, so we says, all let, no black Christians walk, <laughs> walk up in the pulpit with about 30 different versions.
1: Yeah, it says, um, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to us usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Mm. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Which version was, is that? This is the King James Version.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. She went back to the old days. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the
0: transgression. Yeah, well, I got 17 mm. from the KJV, so. Wow. She didn't even use a new one. we're going to talk. No, we're going to talk. I got, I, got yeah. another que- I got a big question coming up, too. We're going to talk.
1: I think about this, I don't agree with that. Like, you see mm. a lot of women. No, seriously, you see a lot of women today preaching. <coughs> like, they're talking. Like, we've been, you know, as far as women, we've been silenced for a long time as far as not mm. having the right to vote back then. So why would we stand behind, especially when it comes to, spiritual journey to just be quiet in the background no it's time for the woman to come to the forefront for us to preach as well if a man can do it preach and spread the the gospel and, and, and motivate people a woman can do the same thing regardless of her regardless of her age regardless of her ethnicity whatever the case may be she has a right to sit there to stand there and to preach and to have her voice be heard to as many people as possible I, I'm reading this, I'm taking it in, I'm going to say 100%, I do not agree with this, you know, we've been quiet for too long, Um, it's time for women, especially, you see a lot of women now that are preaching, you know, that are ministering, a lot of women that are doing motivational speaking, you know, it was something that was extremely dominated by the males, no, it's time for the women to to have their time to you know have an influence as well and a hand involved in the church like you know we see you know a lot of times too like we see um men that are in the church that run the church and we see their wives but their wives are involved to a certain extent like you know what i'm saying like they're involved to a certain extent like they can be there for different retreats at the church but they're kind they, they have a voice but it's not as loud as you would expect it to be Where if a woman is running a church, her voice is heard regardless and her husband may be behind the scenes or her husband may be alongside her on this journey with them preaching. But no, I do not agree with this. I'm a firm believer that as women, we have the right as well as any male to be able to preach, have our voices be heard and to deliver a message. This right here, you know, I love God, you know, I value his word, but I'm going to have to disagree with that hundred percent.
0: Folk, y'all just heard the Philly come out of her. I had to (laughs) shut the mic off. If y'all go on my Instagram right now, I done put up the picture of how I felt while she started talking. Folk, she was mad. (laughs) She about When when she go up there on her day, she going, oh, Lord. St. Peter, you might as well just let her in first, man. Let her go talk to him. (laughs) <laughs> Cause she, she she a little upset and she gonna have that verse right in the back pocket. You heard what I said. Okay.
1: Tell them why you mad. Well, I'm I'm well <laughs> I'm gonna say that the reason what I would you know was kinda of frustrating about, about this, about reading it, is the fact that I feel like this the way that it was written is a little bit biased in a sense because it's not taken into consideration, you know, other women. Like a woman is supposed to be, you know, sometimes beside him, um, um, her husband or, you know, her partner and the vice, vice versa for a male, you know, with his with whoever his partner is. And the same with the female. We're supposed to support and uplift and motivate. You know, that's not saying that I'm going to support, uplift and motivate by being quiet. Like if I if I feel a certain way, if I feel passionate about something, I'm going to get my take on it. I'm going to say what I have to say. You know, you may not agree with it. But you're going to have to, you know, listen. And if you don't want to listen, that's fine. But I'm not going to sit up there and play the role where I'm quiet and not having my voice heard. Because at the end of the day, if I do that, I'm not being true to who I am. I'm not being true to what I feel or how passionate I am about something because I'm allowing you to take you know, the initiative to give your take on something and I'm not following suit. So at the end of the day, I'm not being true to myself. If I sit here and I, you know, take in, you know, what this is saying and I'm I'm running with it. Like, okay, yes, it says for a woman to be silent, to let the man lead, to not really preach in the church or have a voice. I'm gonna run with that. Oh no. No, that's not that's not how this is going to work. I'm going to have a voice, you know, if you're gonna be supportive, you know, with me, that's that's amazing and I'll and I'll do the same for you but i will not have my voice silenced it's been silenced for too long with a lot of stuff our ancestors went through with you know slavery with you not being able to vote with having land taken from us with a lot of things that we've had to endure so knowing that i'm a woman why would i sit up there and be quiet when my voice needs to be heard now more than ever like we need to have women as well not take the the behind the scenes but come to the forefront whether it's speaking whether it's preaching you know whether it's writing whether it's you know being in politics we need to see more of this it needs to be something that's discussed and emphasized you know we have to switch it up a little bit it's it's 2020 and then moving forward as well we gotta we gotta step up to the plate like it's it's nothing wrong with a, with a woman being able to speak her truth and, and have a voice if they don't want if they you know some people may agree with this and be like okay well i don't agree with you nikki on what you're saying. You know. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but, you know, I love God. I love his word, but I do not agree with that.
0: I ain't looking God in the eye. You just got him told. (laughs) I'm not looking at that man. (laughs) No. All right, go ahead. Mm. Okay, so she's fine with women preaching. Yes. See, there you go, hypocritical Christians. (laughs) Thank you, Nikki. You brought up something that you reminded me of. What's that? It goes back to judgment. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I get a mulligan on this, Miss Rose, because I said I wasn't gonna talk about y'all no more. Why do skin tone genders like casting judgment when their life is in a shambles? Wait, what do you I've mean? i noticed this. Every time, Wait. every time something happens, they revert right back to God.
1: Give me a little bit more. Give me a little bit more. Okay,
0: inside. there was a story. It actually happened in your city years ago. Woman set her husband, no, her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. on fire. Mm. Tried to kill the kids, too. Her kids. Not even his Mm -hmm. kids, her kids. Mm -hmm. They interviewed her. And between that and someone on Facebook that said they knew her, they said that that man controlled her life and she had no way of getting out, so she felt like that was her way out. Mm. And only God can judge her. Because we all know those oh, five God. words love coming out.
1: Oh, my, my, my.
0: Oh, yeah. So she said only God can judge her. And what's the other one they like to say? Um, Only God can judge me. And Oh, yes. Everyone falls short of his glory.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wait, what? How do you commit near murder, even though it's one of the Ten Commandments, now so, so y'all say but y'all like to invoke God when y'all looking for forgiveness that that, that ain't right
1: I f- yeah I agree with you on that I feel like with that situation she was looking for somebody to blame like she didn't want to take responsibility for the fact that she almost killed not only him but children innocent kids mm. so at the end of the day when, when things don't go our way or we don't like how things are being presented to us we want so easily to just shift the blame on God and not be accountable for our own actions like you know she should have been a woman about it you know what i'm saying don't sit up there and shift the blame on god for the fact that you were on the verge of ending people's lives because you felt you know a specific way there was different there, the situation could have went many ways you know she felt like she was being controlled in a sense she could have found different ways to get out you know they a day he was at work you know, when the kids probably weren't home or at school, she could have made her her, her plan to escape. It's, it could have went different ways. But for you to contemplate taking not only, you know, his life, but the lives of innocent children. Mentally, what were you thinking in the midst of that? So when 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 the truth is revealed, you know, that this was the plan or of whatever you had went through, why would you shift the focus to God? Because sometimes it's easier for us to just find someone to blame, rather than acknowledge that, We were responsible for thinking this way or we could have did different things to get out of our situation. Now, I understand she may have been experiencing being controlled, you know, maybe other forms of abuse. I'm not saying that's her fault. But what I'm saying is the way that the situation transpired, you know, it's one thing to contemplate, you know, doing whatever for him to exact revenge. But to consider harming kids, that makes you kind of contemplate. What else was going on? Was there like, um, documented accounts of what transpired, you know, with, with the, um, with like a restraining order or like, you know, phone calls made to the police back and forth. Was there any documentation that this was going on? Did family members know about this? Did friends know about this? Maybe they could have intervened or tried to put a stop to it or help get her out of the situation. But we we've got to stop doing that we've got to stop shifting the blame on god all the time when things don't go our way or if we don't like something like we have to own up as a as a man or as a woman we have to own up if we play a role in something we have to try at the end of the day also hold ourselves accountable and be like listen i know i shouldn't have made that decision you know i know that person like the guy he shouldn't have been controlling and things like that but we also have to hold ourselves accountable we can't just find an outlet and be like oh yeah i did this i I took something from the store i'm gonna blame it on god you know i I did this i did that it's god's fault no we have to be accountable for the actions and the decisions that we make as well you know we we have to we have to own up to it too sometimes we have to own up to it but the, the guy he should have owned up to the role that he played in the situation as well as the young lady and whoever else was involved in the situation i'm not saying it's all on her but at the end of the day we have to acknowledge everything
0: mm. hypocritical christians you just heard <laughs> nikki g again stop invoking the name of god when you have mistakes mm-hmm. but that's going to bring up another thing but i'm going to leave that one alone that, that's the whole <laughs> subject of accountability and i want to do a whole show on that
1: That's gonna be good. That's gonna be a good show. (laughs) Accountability.
0: Oh Lord, I'm going. You're gonna really
1: get. You think? Listen, you're gonna get a lot of reaction out of that. Oh yeah. With accountability. I I might
0: do that one live. Oh. Oh yeah. You should invite all your female friends and all your male friends. You should. I'm gonna offend every single one of them. Because
1: you know what the good thing about being live, you get it right there. You get the face looks. Oh, right. yeah. You get yeah, bring that fit.
0: girl you had you were talking to the other day because she looked like she was on something. I I know she I know she gonna hit back at me. I, I want to talk. About it. <laughs> I like I like I like the energy.
1: Yeah, she's such a great person.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we covered promiscuity. Mm-hmm. Covered homosexuality. We have covered women preaching judgment. Now. We're going to, we'll, we'll be a little light on this one before I get to the ultimate. Mm. So I was doing my research on this for this show. And ironically, something came up that I was, I wasn't even searching for it. Actually, I, I just happened to read it as I was reading through the chapter. Isaiah 45, seven. Go turn to that right quick. Okay. Isaiah
1: 45, mm-hmm.
0: seven. Y- y'all heard that thud, right? You how <laughs> Bible is? You know what I'm talking about? She got a hard cover, I could tell.
1: It is. Yep.
0: Do you have the bookmark in it?
1: Yeah, I had the bookmark in it. How'd you know?
0: I thought all Bibles came with a bookmark.
1: Some of them do, yeah. But mm. the one the, the cool thing about them too was when they have like the you know the tabs that you get where you can actually put them in, like with a label maker.
0: Mm. Okay, label now maker. tell the truth. Now, yeah. Now I've heard this from from pastors and stuff like that. You're not supposed to highlight in your Bible. Do do you do that?
1: Uh yes I do highlight mm-hmm. take notes yes because listen you're going
0: to hell
1: if, no you're going to no hell. I'll highlight something you're but not I'll to do that. who said that
0: I've heard a lot of people I know they allowed, make notes they said your Bible you're not supposed to highlight in. you're, mm, you're supposed to either I, take notes in the back or you're supposed to have another bible that i
1: have you, a separate notebook too for additional notes but like i'll highlight stuff and then write in a separate Ooh. book what i'm what i'm thinking listen no 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 isaiah 7 right she,
0: 45 7. she she sound like son. she got the she got the thin pages y'all hear this <laughs> she got the see-through pages, right. The isaiah, pages. that's right i said seven. it but <laughs>
1: I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Yeah,
0: whole lot, whole lot. That's gonna be for the ultimate question. Oh, okay. Whole lot, Hold lot. Bookmark that one. Gotcha. Hold lot. Really quick. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, if you know my show and how I talk, sometimes I do bring up this subject and I say it's wrong, especially on the female side. Mm-hmm. I, I actually put the men over because our side is not as prevalent and we've had better results but there was a there was two verse well three i only took i think i only took the first one exodus 22 22 it says you shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child if you do mistreat them and they cry out to me i will surely hear their cry and my wrath will burn and i will kill mm-hmm. you with the sword and your wives shall become widows and your children fatherless god so even in the Bible, they said that even single-parent houses are wrong. That's messed up.
2: Mm.
0: But again, in those days, it was all about marriage. And right. You were only single if your other died. I feel like that one's tough. Yeah, it is. That That is, that is tough. I was trying to interpret it so I could have some material, but I couldn't even interpret this it because mm. it's like he's playing accountability on this, on this because yeah, he's leaving think, it up to the children.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that, like, even so if now they I say... I
0: understand. Yeah, now I understand when kids say they hate their parents, and mm-hmm. I hope God take you, Now I understand where they got it from. Y'all wrong for that, by the way.
2: Mm.
1: I think that, like, even though and they frown upon single, you know, parents, and it was, like, build, it values, it, like, builds upon marriage. When you look at the world today, the world is not perfect. Like, we have a lot of, you know, people that... you know single parents that come from single parent households we have people that you know deal with promiscuity people that deal with homosexuality the world's not perfect you know what I'm saying but we can try to we we can try to get back on the right path spiritually but you know even though it, it emphasized okay you know this is wrong that is wrong the world is how it is today and we can't you know have something and just be like oh wait a minute we're gonna spin it around and have it be perfect no there's, there's flaws, you know, there's faults in people and and nobody's perfect. But at the end of the day, if you come from a single household or if you've experienced anything or any type of adversity, it made you who you are. So I'm a firm believer that why shun someone that is from a single parent household or that is a single parent or that is homosexual, they're living their way of life. And the best thing you can do is to just embrace them. Like, with all their flaws, with all their imperfections, just embrace who they are. If they're trying to walk a specific way, you know, get back into things spiritually, um, trying to have a different mindset. I think, like, if, if you're open to it, like, mentally, you're open to it in your heart, that's a good thing. But it's not right to sit up there and say, this is wrong. That When you look at it today, the world is not perfect. You have a lot of people that come from single parent households. You have a lot of people that are in the foster care system. A lot of people battling homosexuality. A lot of people, you know, not really loving the skin that they're in. So why should we shun them when we should embrace them and all the imperfections and be like, okay... You know, you want to walk the way, you want to try to get into, you know, your spirituality, learning more about yourself, you know, where you see yourself on this journey with God or whatever spiritual being you believe in. Like accepting each other amidst imperfections. It shouldn't be shunning somebody because the worst thing you can do is to do that. Listen, people have, everyone has a way of interpreting things and feeling things emotionally. So, It starts to, like, if people aren't going to be, if people are not going to be accepted at home, if they're not going to be accepted in school, if they're not going to be accepted in any environment they're they're in, they may think that they can find acceptance in the church. And, like, a lot of, that's not what happens to a lot of people. A lot of people aren't accepted, they're rejected. And it's like, why would you reject somebody? Even if, even though it says in the Bible, you know, you know, that's frowned upon, that's what's going on today. So why, you know, Be an advocate for shunning it and preventing it when you need to embrace it. You know, you can always advocate for change. Like if someone came from a single parent household, you have faith and you move forward and do what you have to do and trust that the cycle can stop with them. But the church should not be judgmental. It should be open to embracing change. Not shunning people away or having them feel like they're not welcome. Because especially people, if you feel a certain way about something and you're in a specific area, a specific environment, and everywhere you turn you feel rejected, the church should be a safe haven where they embrace you and they let you feel accepted and welcomed. miss any imperfections you have, Admit any issues you're battling, you should be accepted 100%. Because I guarantee you, even if the person that, that may be preaching to you, they're not perfect either. They had to go through some things in life. They had to walk a specific way to get to where they are now. They may have endured hardships that you endured, whether they speak about it or not. If they can stand there and in their robe and speak and be a living testimony of things the enemy tried to throw their way and they overcame it, they should be willing to embrace people that may have promiscuity or other issues that they're they're battling. They're battling the enemy against these different things. So they should be accepting of them, not shunning them away from the church, but having an open door policy where if you're imperfect, if you're battling this, if you're battling that, you can come to the church. We're not going to judge you because God doesn't judge. We're not going to judge. We're going to pour into you. We're going to want you to have this. We're going to want you to know who you are, to walk into the purpose God has for you. And this, whatever it is you're battling, whatever it is you're going through, we've got you. And it shouldn't be a place of judgment. It should be a place of accepting.
0: Let the church say amen. (laughs) Amen. All right. Now, we get to the big, well, it's actually two big things. And then we'll end off. I'll let you, for once, I'll let y'all say, I'll let you say a prayer.
1: Okay.
0: As we close. All right. So, go back to Isaiah 45, 7.
1: All right, I got it. I'll read it. You ready? Yeah. All right. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things.
0: Oh, she going to yell at me when I say this. But God created evil. That's right. I said it. It had to be said. And I'm sure she's going to defend the fact that I'm wrong. But... (laughs) If God gave all beings Mm -hmm. free will, Mm -hmm. so in essence, he had to create evil because Mm -hmm. God is about balance, correct? Right. So, when I tell people, like my mama and the people at her church called...
2: Amen.
0: Because again, I cannot say her church because she would kill me. (laughs) God created evil. Which, in turn, he created the means to kill his only son. So, in a way, God is not a baby face. He's more of an anti-hero. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. Because why would you create? Because I I read somewhere on Google, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: also, that somebody interpreted. They said, if God never created evil, then people would serve him out of obedience, not choice. Mm Mm-hmm. Which okay, fine, but if he why wouldn't he accept the fact that he created evil? Like he basically created the serpent which allowed sin into the world. Right. And okay. you know, you know yeah. the judgmental Christians them will tell me that I'm full of sugar honey iced tea, even though mm-hmm. they're not supposed to be cursing because it says in Yah's book, you're not supposed to curse. <laughs> but I'm gonna let Nikki either refute it or embrace it
1: okay i think they're okay i i think that again they're they're draws on the free will you know there is evil in a sense to i think to shift some type of balance so if we know that we have the ability to make choices whether they're good whether they're bad we have to be able and willing to accept the consequences of them of course you know god created us things are not perfect when 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 he created everything you know created the world separated you know made light from dark in the instance where he made you know he had the serpent and everything like that it was in the instance where everything that he had made initially was good and pure which is true but there has to be some type of balance and I believe that with the serpent and everything being created it was to try to see if man or woman would have the ability to make decisions with God in mind, knowing that we are a part of Him, or be a- affected or have the decision influenced by everything in the world. So, in the instance when, and it's going back to Genesis, when at, when Eve ate from the tree, you know she was given specific instructions not to do it. Homegirl did it anyway, and then ended up convincing. Whoa, whoa, she whoa. did it. No, whoa. she did. Wait she a did. Minute. Say it again. She did. Say it she again. did. <laughs> Home girl did it anyway. She did it anyway. She <clears> ate the apple from the tree and she ended up convincing Adam to do the same. So in that instance, it was a tree of knowledge, the tree of good and evil. Like, okay, she made that decision. So at the end of the day, even if there was stuff put in place for us, whether, whether it's good that God created and then there's evil, it's some type of balance and the, the scales were tipped. So as a result of that, they had to face the repercussions of their actions. So I believe God did create things that are good but somewhere along the way as a result of that happened things shifted then as you looked further and in, further into it you started seeing like you know pain and childbirth you started seeing um animosity between siblings you started seeing a lot of stuff with polygamous relationships you started to see a lot of things taking place as a result of that decision being made so in life yes it's going to be good and evil but god created the good but in a sense there is some evil that lingers about just to try to test to see where We stand in certain situations where our loyalty actually is, you know, when, when God had sat there and he, he informed Noah to build the ark, he wanted the issue to still continue on earth with the animals. He said, bring, bring an animal of each pair and also bring another animal in addition to its companion to let the issue continue on earth. So if it's going to continue, it's going to try to see if as humans, we will make the same decisions time and time again, or will we learn from the decisions we're actually going to make so it's going to be evil there like we have stuff today we have people that are you know that commit murders that you know do other things that harm other individuals but at the end of the day we have to hold ourselves accountable we can like it's so easy it's sometimes it is it's so easy to do the wrong thing and it seems a lot a lot harder to do the right thing but we have to sit back and really analyze the situations to be like okay i know that god created good i know the enemy stands for evil You know what I'm saying? I know that he stands for evil, but at the end of the day, what decision will I ultimately make? There's going to have to, there's a, it's like a scale, like you're going to tip the scales either in favor of good or tip the scales in favor of bad, or you're going to balance it out and be neutral on whatever choice that you make. But there, there's evil in the world. Like with, with everything going on in the pandemic, it's a sad situation. Like people are are not surviving. Some people are extremely sick. Some people don't have health coverage and insurance. But this can be a time too where you can look at the positive things of it. Sometimes we have people that are in this pandemic that are sick or that are You know on the verge of losing their lives and they may be family members we didn't even have the opportunity to spend time with or really care to invest time with or talk to a little bit more and now this is bringing us closer to get to know them we shouldn't wait until stuff like this transpires for us to build those types of relationships it's like it's like a give or take so the good thing about it is we're formulating these relationships now but the bad the evil side of it is that we're formulating this these relationships now in the midst of this pandemic or it could be a situation Taking place where it could be something that's happening financially, mentally, emotionally that's taking place. Where we could have focused on the good aspect. Like getting in a relationship with this person way before this happened. And, and having a clearer mind to know, okay, we are building with them. We're getting to know our family member. And we're not waiting until a traumatic event like them being on their deathbed takes place. It's, it's Listen, we, we either want to tip the scales in favor of good or in favor of evil. But I'm a firm believer that God did create, create all that is good. But the enemy hinders for the side that is all bad. Where God is trying to get us to move forward into our testimony. Do we have to do the enemy's constantly riding us to try to filter and fall back into temptation? So it's gonna it's going it's a, it's effect of trying to find that balance of missed good versus evil.
0: Okay. Now the second part of this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we'll go into the other big question I have. Okay. <clears throat> You touched on something while you were preaching just now. Mm-hmm. i turned the mic off. I wanted to listen. Now, we talked about <clears throat> God creating evil. Yeah. Do you feel, and remember, we speak real here, and we also speak from a black perspective, with the commercial message that these pastors today preach, because I feel like they just preach an all-encompassing word mm-hmm. instead of the word that you would get at home while you're studying. Do you think these super preachers, what I call them, the ones with the mega churches and the mm-hmm. televangelists, do you feel like they're preaching the word of God, but their intentions aren't as pure as think, right. someone that's now like sm- like smaller than them? Because I don't want to say I don't want to say that they're preaching an evil word. I just mm-hmm. feel like they're just preaching a word for profit right. instead of preaching a word for edification. That's why black folk, I use the E word. So don't tell me (laughs) I ain't studied in the church.
1: I've always wondered that too. Because like I feel like it's okay for you to Mm. like televise everything, have it on TV. But do you know and remember where you came from and why you're you're sitting up there delivering the message? Are you doing this to garner fans? Are you doing this to garner people that are going to be faithful on their quest to worship? And I feel like a lot of times with people with like the mega churches, they do have good intentions, but sometimes it can get really convoluted in why they're doing what they're doing. Sometimes they can lose sight of the fact that they were cho- supposed to focus on guiding people to be filtered and focused on faith. And now they're focusing on the financial gain that they can get from this. Or oh, the person can pay me money for ties and I can use it for this or that. Now I'm not going to say all people that are from mega churches are like that. There may be certain ones that kind of lost their way in the midst of trying to help other people because now they're focused on what they can get out of it instead of focusing on what people can get out of it on their spiritual journey towards God. Um, Like, I know, like, people with smaller churches. Sometimes it, it can be the same with that too. Like, you can be a small ch- a person from a small church and still be in the mindset, like, oh, you know, I had the vision where I was going to get people to come on board and be focused on faith and faith alone and building with God. Now, I just want to focus on the green. I want to focus on the money. I want to focus on what the money can do for my church, do for me. I'm going to take this to the top. I want to put myself on the map. You know, we could put the focus back on the people that we're trying to save later. There are some people. So, I'm. I don't believe that it varies like I know with people that are in mega churches they have a huge following and when you look at the media they're all that you see so it it does sometimes make me question okay are they doing this for the right reasons maybe they initially were doing it for the right reasons and maybe they kind of lost their way or maybe they're doing it for the right reasons but I'm a firm believer that if you're going to try to advocate for people to jump on, on board spiritually and try to draw closer to God you have to do it with the right intentions in mind and if you're going to be televised about it that's your your choice but i'm a firm believer like even too like some i see some people and i know this is kind of off but some people like feed feed people that are homeless and they broadcast it on social media do not do that like if if it's genuine if it's true you shouldn't feel the need to 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 have that on your Instagram profile. That should be something you should do in the comfort of you and the other people that you're helping. That shouldn't be something that you're broadcasting. Oh, look at me. Look what I can do. No. If it's from your heart and if it's genuine, you shouldn't feel the need to broadcast it on social media for the world to see. That that genuinity goes straight out the door, I feel like, at the moment that you do that. Like, if I'm going to feed the homeless or if I'm going to make blessing bags for them, if I'm going to go to soup kitchens or go read to children or try to be active in different types of organizations, you know, I may talk about it with my family to let them know what I'm doing, but I'm not going to feel the need. Like I can advocate to you in a a podcast or in a video for you to try to, you know, be motivated to do the same and help out and do your part. But I'm not going to take pictures of me with people that are going through different things in their life and broadcast it. Like that's just not me. I feel like that's not being genuine. And then when it comes to, you know, people in megachurches, are they truly genuine? Only God knows if they're truly genuine in, in, in the the task at hand. If they're really genuine and garner people to try to get closer to God, or if they're only in it for their own reasons.
0: Mm. That's right. And I had one more little follow up, and I just forgot it.
1: Damn it. It'll come to Sorry, you. Sorry, Lord.
0: Sorry, Lord. It'll come. Sorry, Lord. Oh. Yes, that's what it was. Before we talk about revelations and why black folk are afraid of reading that book and the (laughs) New Testament. Because Christians don't like reading the New Testament. (laughs) Now, my mama's church, again, it's at... Amen. Amen. (laughs) And if you didn't hear, great. That means it worked.
1: It definitely worked. In the lobby. We did not hear it.
0: In the lobby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and I'll judge your reaction by after I'm finished they have ATM machines mm-hmm. she's seen this right you've seen ATMs in the church
1: mm-hmm. oh Jesus
0: Christ I thought it was just her
1: no not in my church we don't have ATMs not in at my church okay. Now that's that's the first time I've heard of that okay
0: have you ever heard of the church accepting credit cards
1: no, I, no, yeah, because I, when I went on one of the retreats, they talked, it was with a different, um, with my church, but it was like a, a different retreat they do every year. They have Cash App. My they man. have Cash App.
0: My mama church, again, the church name is...
2: Amen. Amen.
0: <laughs> when the pandemic hit, they were down for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then he restarted I guess he was doing from the
2: Amen. Amen.
0: Right. He Had you <coughs> Texting your donation mm. I'm sorry Offering
2: mm-hmm.
0: Offering So I guess the church is getting With the technology even though technically that's secular, but we're not gonna go there. Not today, because I got to do more research on that. Why is the church so secular? Maybe we'll have you come back and we'll have that discussion.
1: That's gonna be good.
0: Okay, <laughs> but yeah, but the fact that you were not trusting your reactions, it says a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: ATM's goddamn.
1: Yeah, maybe. And they,
0: char- and they charge you a fee too if you try to Wait. take money out of there. Are you serious? I'm dead serious
1: that's the first that I've heard of that. yeah they three
0: they have three right there by one of the steps mm-hmm. three ATMs right there and they have the velvet rope there so you know what? think whatever yeah, I just, I'm gonna leave her church alone
1: <laughs> yeah but my church they have like you either do cash or you do a check or you know you know but the place where I did the retreat they had cash app. I've never heard of a church having cash. an ATM so that's that's kind of different you know I've never heard of that but you know maybe they did it kind of i guess for the convenience hey if you don't want to leave the sanctuary if you don't want to you know miss what's going on you can just step out in the foyer and just you know does that go to some the building fund i don't know it may i know sometimes it does it's, it does sometimes it goes to like the you're fund or whatever the, they need. Fund, the greatest hustle
0: yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry you're on the show still i can't talk about it one day, <laughs> one, day <laughs> one day one day yes. one day we get to talk about the building fund. yes okay last topic okay the book of Revelations in the New Mm -hmm. Testament. We all know the stories from Matthew down all the way to Revelations and we know Christians don't, they don't, what, is it Christians? Who is it? No, Jews. They don't respect that book. They say that book is fake. I've heard this. But especially Revelations because it does talk about things that are happening today, you know, apocalypses and marks of the beast and all that. Now, my question is why are christians especially black christians are afraid to read that book
1: maybe because it offers the opportunity for like a different viewpoint on things like if if we know like the world is not perfect you know the bible i feel like is a, is a guide for us to be able to read to grow closer with god but i also feel like revelation it reveals things that you may not want to know the answers to it reveals things you may not want to know maybe you want to kind of be kept in the dark about it. You don't really want to know more, more insight into it, but we have to want to know more. Like that's the only way you're going to get the take on wanting, on growing is wanting to be open, have an open mindset, open mind, open heart to learning more, to knowing more, to wanting more. And it starts with revelation, being able to read, read the word, But also be able to take it in. Because maybe it's going to open some some doors that people may have closed off in their way of thinking. Like, this is going to hit you. So you either want to know the the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Or you want to just kind of be kept in the dark about everything. We can't be afraid to read this. Like, we got to be open. We got to be ready. You know? Because if we're not ready for something, how are we going to be ready to get ready when we have to have judgment day? How are we going to get ready? We've got to be ready. We got to be ready to open things up. We got to be ready to walk in it, to see it for what it is. That, that's reliant, too, on different situations people go through. Sometimes we say we want to know something we don't want to know. And then we find out, it's like, what? I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't want to know this. I didn't want to know that. It's revealing things to you. It's showing you the way of life. It's showing you this. It's showing you that. Maybe even a different perspective and on how to address things, how to move. We can't be afraid to read it, to open it, to take it in. It's 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 God's word. We have to be willing, have it open, and we can't just be like, oh, verbally say we're going to be open. We have to be open to it mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Be like, okay, people scared to open this book. Bam, I'm gonna open it up, and whatever happens, I it may start raining when I open the book. I don't know what's going to happen, but we want to we want to read it. We want to delve into it and take it for what it is.
0: You know what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You have murder hornets showing up. You heard what I said. <laughs>
1: But it, it, it I think the it for... murder
0: hornet is supposed to represent the locust
1: Mm. Maybe, but
0: that's too deep for y'all. We're not gonna do this today. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. We're gonna save this for another day. No, <laughs> this is too deep for y'all. <laughs> they're not ready for it. Mm-mm, you not, know they're not, not ready. I want to make it. sure I have enough Christians on there. I want to see the Bibles uh, turned open when I, when I get yeah. to preaching. I don't yep. preach. I just, I just espouse, and you know, I have my spouse look at me. Right. Like I'm on E. See how that works? (laughs) But anyway, yes. Christians, don't be afraid to read Revelation. It's actually a fun book. Yeah. And allegedly, John wrote this when he was 92. Mm. And a lot of the things that he says come to pass. So I also had this theory that he's really Nostradamus. But again, I got to do research on that. Right. So we're going to leave that alone. Oh, lordy, lordy. Religion can be fun.
1: Yes, it can be.
0: Yes. But, you know, can't. Always have great discussions because people getting their feelings
1: Mm -hmm. on something that they didn't
0: write or contribute to.
1: Nah, you gotta have open mind, open heart.
0: You hear that, black Christian? Yep. Miss I y'all can't judge me except the Lord. Man. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. One more shot. Nikki, Nikki, you might want to mute this. Okay. Hey, skin tone genders. Just because it says that you can't judge. Don't be going up there when you when you, when you finish on 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 the terra firma, getting getting Jesus told. Don't you do that because he ain't answered all your prayers. Don't you do that. He's sending you right down there where 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 ice is at a premium. Okay, Nikki, you can come back. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying because we know how it is. Our, yeah. our women's they they gonna go up, they gonna go up, as soon as they get through that gate. They gonna get Jesus told. Why did you talk? What when when twenty when, when I was it twenty twenty? What happened? Just because you gave us Obama, you didn't help us with the COVID. What happened?
1: But that may not be the case for just women. That could be the case for males as well. Everyone may have something that they want to get off their oh, chest when they oh, when no, they I meet them. Yeah,
0: when they come face yeah, to face with. that's um, um, who was it? Oh, Andre Iguodala. Yeah, mm-hmm. Game Seven, twenty sixteen Finals. When Le- he's like, why'd you make LeBron block me?
2: Hmm.
0: Mm. He better not go up there with that. <laughs> he got sent him out where, where they got the double rims. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Nikki don't know what I'm talking about. No. <laughs> I'm talking about them double basketball rims. Okay. It was a gotcha. lot harder to make a shot. Now, we we talk about that off the air. Okay. But folk, this was fun. Sometimes fun.
1: Yes, it was.
0: And it was more fun because Rose wasn't here. That's right. I said it. Shots.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: just kidding. I'm not Rose. <laughs> She down there on vacation. She needs a vacation because one well, she night nice.
1: she's getting some relaxation. Yes,
0: cause, you know, the accounting thing is been killing her because she's yeah. still been working. So. But we're gonna let Miss Nikki lead off and close this out with a prayer. Okay. And I'm going to do some things. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet.
1: Alright, you ready for me?
0: Ain't about being ready. We all got to be ready when our time comes, right?
1: Yep, absolutely. See,
0: I'm learning.
1: Yes, you are. All right, go ahead. Heavenly Father, God, we pray that you please forgive us for our sins. Put a covering shield over us. Let no physical, spiritual, mental, emotional weapon form against us to prosper. Look over those during the pandemic that are sick, God. Family members that don't know where they're going to go. Look over those that are homeless, those in abusive relationships that don't have a way out, God. Please guide them show them the way out thank you for opportunities coming our way god thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be on this podcast to be able to have a voice and to communicate and meet people and you know meet you and and thank you for everything that you have put into our paths and that you continue blessing us fighting for us keeping watch over us that everything we do we do with purpose we do with you in mind god thank you for this podcast thank you to be on borders Thank you so much to K-Gravity. Thank you to Rose, even though she's away, for this opportunity to be able to have a voice, to give people the opportunity to speak their truths, to have a voice, and to know that if they stand behind something, they're going to back it up 100%. Thank you, God, for everything. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Salute. <laughs> now, before we go, one more question. Yeah. I troll my wife mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. Now, when it comes to religion, I troll her, too. hmm Have you ever heard of Pastor James David Manning?
1: No, I've not.
0: Oh, lordy, lord. <laughs> I advise you to go listen to my Obama show. You'll hear him in the beginning. Ooh. Now, he runs a church up here in New York City. hmm Recently, he was kicked off of YouTube because he said some inflammatory things. Mm-hmm. And wifey will not co sign me as a family to go up there and just listen to him for ten minutes. I want to see if he's really about this life. Right. And he was, so when you go on YouTube, look look him up real fast.
1: All right, now, tell me his name a, one more time.
0: Pastor Well, you can just put in Pastor Manning.
1: Okay.
0: And it'll come up. Gotcha. But make sure you put Pastor Manning funny. Okay.
2: Or Pastor Manning I mean, Obama.
0: Funny. Okay. Now I'm gonna warn you, he uses language. Mm. But you're down there in Philly, so you're used to it. But I'm just saying. <laughs> you might have to throw the holy water on your phone. I'm just saying. <laughs> this man
1: mm-hmm.
0: preaches the word of God, but he'll, he go after black people.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. So he said, and I'm sorry, when I first heard it, I laughed. He said, you, you can't give America to the Negro because he's not ready. Are you serious? He said this. Now, you're going to get mad at me. I actually happen to agree with him because we're not in the right state of mind and we're not built with the correct foundation to apply ourselves to leading and being a part of America. We're not there yet. We're getting there, but it's very slow. Mm. So before you leave, you can lend your opinion to that.
1: I do not agree with it.
0: I figured she wouldn't.
1: I don't. I feel like he's speaking behalf on all black people, and that's not the case. Him Him being African American as well, I feel like he's coming from a place of not true understanding. Because there are other African American people that may be prepared in different aspects of their life to take control of different things. But for him to make that assumption, he's where is he basing this off of? Is, it, is he basing it off of his own experience? Is he basing it off of uh, people in his family that he feels as if they're not prepared for this? I he's
0: basing it off of what's been going on. Because, okay. like I said, he's a, he was a staunch detractor of Obama's. Mm-hmm. And he felt like the fact that we voted for him the way we did and what people who weren't like, we'll admit, most of us did not research Obama before mm-hmm. two thousand eight. We didn't, right? So he said he's basically saying if you'd have researched this man, you wouldn't have voted for him. But that's how he. But
1: why it. is that the case? What's his reasoning behind us not voting for him? Well, Had for we one, voted? he
0: said it was the birth certificate thing that he never produced his birth certificate. Two. I don't agree with this, but he says because he had a white mama.
1: See, that's. Mm-mm. Yeah. And then There's that, three there...
0: was he. Well, this was after he left. He didn't do anything for black folks, which I agree with. But again, this is about religion.
1: I'm if y'all want to hear how
0: I felt, go listen to the Obama show.
1: I'm curious to see if he was a possible presidential candidate. Would he still feel the same way that we would not be prepared or that we would not have voted? If, if he was the presidential candidate hopeful as opposed to Obama, what would his be his stance on that? What you would, would have, be his stance on you that? You would
0: have to ask him that.
1: Yeah. That would be interesting to see because I feel like to say that it's like he's saying because Obama's mother was Caucasian, it's like it's it's a privileged thing. And I think that that's not the case. Like he had things put into motion for us that he was going to do and implement and put things into place. I feel like when we look at presidential candidates, those are the things we should put an emphasis on, what they can provide for us to try to help take the country to new to new levels, to new places. Not on, it's not, to me, it shouldn't be based on popularity, but with his intake, I do not agree with that 100%. That's like being in the mindset where, oh, you only get this opportunity because you have this and you have that. Sometimes in different cases, that can be the case. But it's basically saying that us us as African-Americans, we've come a long way. Like we've had opportunities that we've been passed over, you know, in a sense, maybe due to someone else's race or probably due to privilege. Like we've had opportunities way passed over, like whether it's getting accepted to school, you know, getting passed up on a job, even if you had other skills. And that's just basically saying that he won the presidency because his mom was Caucasian or he won the presidency because of this, because of that. Not really focusing on the things that come alongside with him, like his degree, the time that he's, he spent doing different types of humanitarian work, like that's not even brought to the, the focus. I feel like it's more so coming from a, a, a negative place. Like it's just saying, you know, well, he has this, he has that. And, you know, he he won the presidency as a result of this, but he didn't do this, he didn't do that. If he was the candidate, the possible presidential candidate, what is it that he has that he could offer that could possibly lead to change? If he's telling us that as African Americans, we're not ready for this, we're not ready for that, where is he basing this off of? Like, even if it's stuff that, you know, he's seeing today that doesn't account for every African American. There's, like, certain people that are breaking barriers, that are doing certain things, that are getting specific degrees, that are doing this, doing that, have things in motion that don't constitute the percentage of African Americans he's in part referring to. So I feel like I don't see where... Additional evidence is being brought into play to validate his response.
0: And hey, y'all see why Philly don't like Harlem. <laughs> Shout out to those legendary rap battles, Harlem versus Philly. <laughs> but yes. And on that note, folks, we gonna go. Because I don't know why these Negroes out here, they must have heard that Beanie Man about to kill yesterday. And now they all hyped up. Oh my goodness! Jesus, and you know Jamaica. A lot of in Jamaica, a lot of churches are getting out now. So you know, you know, they don't care. They they still got to go fellowship. But folk, I'm, we're gonna go. Take care. Stay safe. <clears throat> I ain't got it. <laughs> stay and, safe, everybody. Sh- stay New York, tri-state area, Philly. I, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> or whatever. Nah, <laughs> I like Phil. I do. But, soon we'll be open, but, word of wisdom, if we don't open on June 13th, I suggest everybody, on June 13th, open up y'all shops. Because mm. this is ridiculous. Because the rest of the country is starting to open up. And, I saw a stat that said, we have the most deaths than anybody in the country combined. Mm. This little enclave we have—New York, New Jersey, Connecticut—but <sighs> again, that's another subject for another day. Yeah. So we're day. going to go. Nikki prayed. Yes, I did. I feel a little bit cleaner. No holy that's water. That's good. No holy water.
1: Hey, that's a good thing. I I, I completed my mission then.
0: That's good. Y'all have our mission in life. <laughs> yes. And if you're going to go play GTA, I'm sure you're on some mission. And we're going to go.
1: (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Have a good
0: one. Hey, this is Kid Gravity. Before or after you listen to this podcast, make sure you head over to YouTube and subscribe to my Kid Gravity Beyond channel. Where I have live streams of subjects that you may or may not hear on this podcast. And also interviews that you may or may not hear on here. So, again, go over to YouTube.com. Put in... Kid Gravity Beyond and subscribe to the channel. Thanks.